0: Hi, my name is Stephen.
1: Hi, I'm April.
0: This is the 3Pi Squared ABA Business Leaders Podcast, where we discuss topics on how to create and grow an ethical and sustainable ABA practice.
1: Together, Stephen and I owned a seven figure ABA practice that provided both clinic and in room services.
0: 3Pi Squared has helped over 900 ABA practices start up and expand with our comprehensive products and services geared specifically. Now, let's
1: get to the podcast. Hi, we are here today. Uh, we are all here today. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> we we made were it. all just talking about how it's one of those days. And so if you out there listening or watching or having one of those days, know that you are not alone. We are all here getting through this Thursday together, <laughs> at least Thursday and the day that we are recording this I, event. I hope, I hope this is Thursday, yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, today with us, we have Susan Habchi. She um, is a consulting project manager. She knows all the things about nonprofits. And so we get so many questions about nonprofits. And we don't really know anything about nonprofit because we've never done it. And it's just not an area that we've looked into. So we reached out to Susan and we invited her on to yeah. share with us all she knows. And so so she is here to sit with us. And um, she's got a presentation where, you know, just as we typically do, we'll, she'll go through it. We'll chit-chat as we go. And then if you guys have any Um, questions feel free we'll keep an eye on comments so feel free to put those into comments and ask any questions or make any uh comments or remarks and we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on that so all right well susan i'll hand it over to you to tell us a little bit about yourself Sir, sure, first,
2: thanks so much for having me. This is uh, this is wonderful. It's uh, I feel so happy and honored to be able to be in the position to help offer some advice to uh, people that may be considering nonprofit in this space. Um, a little bit about me: I found my way to ABA accidentally. I uh, worked in long-term care settings right out of college, and actually before college um, in, in high school. Um, and soon discovered that these are non traditional long term care settings that have mostly psychiatric and difficult to manage long term care residents. So, not your typical older people that you would find in the so called nursing home. Uh, and at one point, I found myself successfully managing all the challenging behaviors in what we had called their smoking room. And a gentleman in a suit came in with a tie and asked me if I knew what I was doing. And I said, I. I think I know what I'm doing <laughs> Turned out to be uh, Dr. David Lennox, the founder of Safety Care. Okay. This is way back in 1994 when I was, uh, you know, spring chicken. Yeah. And he really took me under his wing and taught me everything uh, there was to know about a and set me on my path. It wasn't until uh, I had my first son, who was diagnosed with profound autism at the age of 23 months, um, that I found my way to autism. The universe had kind of tried to push me towards working with NET, um, and I, I decided that wasn't for me. I lived in Hawaii for a little while and worked with kids and then decided that wasn't for me and came back and worked with adults. And I got married and had my firstborn son, and the universe was like, I tried to tell you, and marry well. um, So I was then now on the consumer side, Um, knowing very little about ABA and the application of it with really young children. So I reached out to the people I knew um, here in Massachusetts. That was right about when um, the Autism Insurance Law was passed. Mm -hmm. So we were lucky to be able to um, have some choices. We thought we had choices about where to go for insurance-funded ABA. There weren't many for me. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I founded a non ABA practice called Alternatives ABA. It was called Alternatives because there were none for us at that time. Um, as private equity entered the market, I got a little bit spooked um, about what was going to happen and felt some pressure on myself um, and started to think what would happen to this very large nonprofit that I now had operating in, in Massachusetts and you know serving uh, over 80 children at that time if something had happened to me. Um, and I was really getting tired and, you know, unsure. Um, so at this point, the nonprofit had been running maybe for five or six years. Um, I sold the nonprofit to a larger healthcare care provider um, and then subsequently donated all the proceeds to other deserving nonprofits in Massachusetts, went to work for the private equity firm to that for about 18 months, enjoyed it, found success, um, but then started to question my own mission. Um, So here I am, full circle, back on the nonprofit side.
1: What a story. Oh Um, my gosh. I got got chills. (laughs) 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 Well, I'm glad that that the universe or whatever, I'm glad that it brought you full circle to be here, to be able to help other people to know how to do this for sure.
2: So people ask all the time, what are the difference between non-profit and for-profit and i'll just run really quick through these um and the two of you too, stop me if you have a question because i think if you have the question the listeners and viewers probably have the same question Absolutely. You know, first one, obviously um but not so obviously to some is that a public charity uh, or a non-profit has no true ownership so i'm starting you know and founding this this new non-profit. And i think what a lot of people don't realize is this is really grassroots. So all of the money comes from the founders, despite the fact that there is no ownership. So you own all you know all of the things that go with operating and running a business. You, you know, you own the payroll, you have to pay the people. Right. You own the problems that come. You own the startup cost, usually, unless you can find some very generous people along the way. But there there is no owner. It's it's truly a public charity. Private companies have a clear ownership. Um, structure so you know it, you'll hear people say well i own and operate an ABA company or you know i own this group um, that is just simply not the case with the, with a nonprofit salaries can be the same um you know as as a for-profit and we'll get into that a little bit later those those get um, those can get big. The larger the organization, the bigger the salary. I'm having trouble seeing the slide, so um, bear with me. I have to try and remember what I had on them. Uh, both are led by a board of directors, um, so there's some similarities there. Uh, both leaders of nonprofit and for-profit answer to the board of directors generally somewhat similar. Um, profitability on the nonprofit side is necessary, but it's usually secondary to the mission. And I think, you know, I have to say this, and I say this a lot to people. You know private equity I think is there's a lot of you know, finger pointing and you know talk about private equity in the ABA space in particular right now. Mm-hmm. But private equity is very clear about their mission. You know their mission and their allegiance are to the people that invest uh, in their funds and they've promised a return on that investment. So really their main goal is to satisfy their investors. I won't get deep into that, but really that's their main goal. Are there good providers out there that are PE-backed? Of course there are. But ultimately, the main goal of a private equity firm or an investor is to get a good return on their investment. Whereas in a nonprofit, this is sort of, you know, making money is a necessary evil. We need it. We need to make money to grow and do the things that we want to do. The difference is those monies don't belong to anyone. The dividends don't get paid out. And those monies stay with the nonprofit. So they generally get reinvested or they're put into savings. Um, they don't leave the nonprofit. Our bonus bonuses given to employees? Um, of course, but they're all documented and they're structured and it's not like a dividend. So you know, you can have still a sign-on bonus, you can still say, you know, if if you meet these quality indicators, um, you'll have a bonus, uh, but it's a little bit different um, than a dividend that you might see in a for-profit entity. Um, Access the capital for a nonprofit is a little bit more challenging. It's very difficult to get a loan. Uh, it can be difficult as a startup nonprofit to get a lease. Um, for example, the lease that I just signed, I had to personally guarantee for two years of uh, mm-hmm. the five years. Um, that's rare. Most of the time, you don't have that happen. But this space was just too beautiful for me to say no. I said, you know what? We're going to be okay. Let's do it. Um, I wasn't going to be able to go to the FBA and say, hey, I'm going to you know, a, a small business can have a loan. Um, I wasn't going to be able to go to the bank directly and ask for a loan because there is no personal guarantor because nobody owns the nonprofit, and unless somebody's willing to do so, like I did um, with police. So in a for-profit entity, capital is a little bit easier to access because you've got access to SBA, you've got access sure. to private equity, you've got access to other venture capitalists, um, and you generally have access to capital via your own personal.
1: Cal Medical Billing is comprised of experienced medical billers and coders who specialize in ABA billing. Founded by a team of professionals who have worked as staff billers for multiple agencies, CalMed strives to provide a level of service and communication that feels like your own in-house team, without the costs and worries that come with having employees. They offer billing and credentialing services with no term contracts, and have served ABA clients across multiple states for nearly a decade. Call 213-277-7999 or visit their website at www.calmedbilling.org to set up a free consultation. Wow, yeah, I hadn't I really I had no idea. Yeah. I really had no idea that a public charity has no ownership and that, that like and so all of these things that you're just now talking about, like they weren't even in my mind because i didn't even think about it
0: one question we had uh, it was actually a couple weeks ago and it wasn't it wasn't anyone asking about a non-profit but they um they were sponsored by i can't remember it was a golf tournament or something like this um and all the proceeds were going they were going to give to this aba uh company that was a for-profit I was just curious if you knew the answer to this. You can say. Yeah,
1: no. that. Uh, I said, talk
0: it. to an accountant. I don't. I'm not answering this question for you. Mm-hmm. But do you know? Can they accept that, uh, or do they have to open up? They it. Okay. So,
2: both parties are clear that this is not a tax deductible donation. Okay. Okay. Right. So we'll go
0: into that a, a
2: little bit further. Into right. um, the slides, but um, you know, you, it varies from state to state how you organize. Um, but the feds. Are the ultimate decision makers, and they issue what's called a determination letter. You can operate without that determination letter. We are right now. Um, it's retroactive generally to the date of application. So, say these guys were like, you know, we're going to file a small nonprofit. Right. It's going to act as a support or organization. Let's let's do that to start like a small nonprofit.
0: Right.
2: And use that as a sister nonprofit to the for-profit ABA that center mm-hmm. that we start.
0: Right. And that was the other question I was going to ask you was like, do you see that a lot? Because like, uh, like, because uh, that's a question I get often is like, do if I want to start a nonprofit, do I need to have a for profit, too? Or or is that do they kind of work side by side or? They can. OK. They can. But uh, my, you know,
2: the, the nonprofit that I found when, uh, previously didn't have any. Uh, for profit okay. associated with it and neither does this one. Okay. It's just a dream nonprofit. And a lot of the teaching hospitals that you see in larger organizations, and I'm from just outside of Boston. So here we've got Mass General Hospital, and Women's Hospital, Children's Hospital. These are all nonprofit organizations. They run as nonprofits, okay the for profit is, is not involved. Okay. So it's pretty interesting. But they could this circling back to your question is they, they could take that money no problem. As long as both partners, it's not a tax deductible donation. This Got is it. just simply donations. of course, anyone can give you money, and you can take it, and you can use it any way you want. Any way you want. If, yeah. If, if you are a nonprofit, um, there's a little bit more documentation, and then you would have access to that tax deductible That's, donation. Right. If it was to a 501c3. Gotcha. Okay. And if that 501c3, like we're waiting for ours, if somebody were to give us a, you know, a large donation today, uh, once that determination is listed, lists, just given to us by the IRS, um, it would go retroactive to the application date. So the tax deductible donation that we received today, as soon as that letter comes, that person would then be able to deduct it. But now, no, they wouldn't be able to. We're similar to a for profit in that sense. Gotcha. Until that
0: Until that goes through. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so
2: it's a myth about nonprofits. <laughs> nonprofit, They're not nonprofit broke. Um, we came out of COVID with a million bucks in the bank, wow. um, and our revenues were $3.7 million a year. Um, all of that information is public. You have to pub- publicly share your 990, which is the tax return. So you can look online and see any nonprofits, 990, as long as they're compliant. Um, so we weren't broke. Um, we came out of COVID with um, you know, some EIDL, uh, um, emergency loans related to COVID. Um, with low interest in the bank. We had um, monies from PPP, um, and we had really high revenues. So nonprofits are not broke, and we'll talk about that, not all of them, Um, some are. And we'll talk about that a little further on in the presentation. The other um, myth is that nonprofits rely heavily on volunteers and fundraising. The nonprofit um, that I just passed on to the for-profit group, um, we had maybe one or two volunteers in our entire existence, and I had very little time to do any fundraising. Our revenues came from um, just the for-profit AVA providers, billing insurance companies. The difference being that those monies didn't go into my pocket. They didn't go into anyone else's pocket unless it was a paycheck. They were reinvested into the growth of the nonprofit. Right. Um, can't see that i think it says non-profits can't lobby can't
0: lobby yeah
2: um, you can there there's you know strict guidelines to that and you can support um different um uh, causes um that you'd like to see put forth but you just have to make sure you follow the rules cool. so next slide mm-hmm. um okay so there's different types of nonprofits. the most common one um, that you would see in our industry is a 501c3. And that's just a straight charitable organization where you exist for the greater good of society 501c4s are more social welfare. Um, I think the red I think the Red Cross is a 501c4. The organizations that you see um engage in civic activities and, and, and try and help that way. And then I can't see C I think it's a 501, is it 501 C6? C6, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So 501C6 would be a group like the Council of Autism and Service Providers. So they're still a nonprofit, or or um, the National Board of Realtors. Okay. They exist um, for, the, for the good for the good of the industry. Okay.
0: Uh, next slide.
2: Ready. All right. Facts right. about what salaries can look like. So the average salary of a nonprofit CEO in the Boston area where I live is 157,000 to 270,000. Keep in mind, I'm in Boston. There are a lot of teaching hospitals. There are a lot of nonprofit proversy here, and this is a wealthier state. So these are relative to the state that you're in. The national average salary, however, is 186,000. 18 million was the 2018 salary of the leader of Kaiser Permanente. Um, And the leader of Shriners had a $3.8 million base salary. So Mm -hmm. it's a direct correlation to the size of the organization and, and what a leader and success of the organization and what a leader might make. Next slide, when you're ready. So I don't want really to think of attacking or exposing the New England Center for Children when I bring this up. I'm not. I'm a huge fan. Um, Mr. Strelly is um, a person who may or may not even remember speaking to me and uh, encouraging me to um, not turn over my nonprofit to a, to a for-profit. Um, but he's built New England Center for Children, which I think people all over the world now know what New England Center for Children is. It used to be called New England Center for Autism. And look there, his salary is over $600,000. I mean, this is public information, mind you. Right. I found this myself on the Internet, so I don't want anyone to think I'm trying to expose anyone. But he's got a big job,
0: right?
2: Right. So we're going to look at the 990 on the next slide so you can see you know, what his daily operations look like along with his top leaders also big salaries but in line with the significance of, of, of the service that they provide right next slide steven. so this is the 990 i can't see it so so yeah. tiny um but ho- hopefully others can see it but this is public information you can you can find it right on if you wouldn't mind steven can you see what their values I think this is yes
0: so they're
2: 119 million i think
0: yeah so they to- that's their expenses so their fund balance was 60 million um
2: look
1: over there see revenue program service revenue 112 program. yeah oh 118,
0: 118 yeah. yeah current year yeah. 118 million yeah On the part of that
2: slide there's some you know it sticks out only two million dollars of that was, was grants
0: oh wow you know so this
2: is the self-service revenue that they generated right so, They operate much like a for-profit in a sense of where their revenue is coming from. It's how they handle their revenue looks different. They exist for the greater good of society. Nobody owns it. Mr. Strelly doesn't own it. Although, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, he really does own it. Sure. Um, It's a marvelous marvelous organization. But just to point out to people that nonprofits aren't always poor. Um, the Red Cross is a nonprofit. Um, all sorts of, you'll hear the term NGO, or non government organizations, um, those are nonprofits as well, and they, there are so many of them across this country, and they're not all poor. So just to give Mr. Strelly some, some props, um, you know, like me, New England Center for Children was started with an idea around 1974, and he went to somebody and said, I've got this crazy idea, and the state said, look, we're going to give you 30 grand. Let's see what you can do. So from that 30 grand of seed money that he was given by the state, in a tiny classroom, he built New England Center for Children to what it is now. So anyone that says that guy makes too much money, look how much money he makes. Look at the people he manages. Look at what he's grown. He's been with the company since 1974. So, yeah, he makes a lot of money, but he runs, you know, a top-tier organization that he started with an idea and, and a 30,000 grant from the state. So pretty outstanding.
1: At Element RCM, our vision is a childhood for every child. And our mission is to strengthen all who improve the lives of children. How do we do that? Through our billing and insurance expertise that we've gained with our founding team's 20 plus years of expertise in the ABA field. We have a singular value proposition to improve your cash collection rate and velocity. We understand you because we've lived it. It's hard to battle with insurance companies. At Element, we work with all size providers from single BCBA startups to multi-state large organizations. What's our advantage? We're a billing and insurance company built by ABA owners for ABA owners. Make more money, gain more time, worry less. We help you with your core ABA business so you can do what you love. Find us online at www.elementrcm.ai.
0: Yeah, I think their salaries were what is it, 97 million dollars? Is yeah. that right? Wow. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, him making that like, I mean, it's a lot, but it's not that much, right? So exactly. yeah, yeah.
2: Exactly. And when, you know, in comparison, when you think there's a lot of talk right now about you know the salaries across the board and on uh, PE backed groups that are in our space. Comparatively speaking, first of all, we have no idea what they're making. Right. that's, look, it's not, there's nothing transparent about that. Right. Um, right. And that's okay, you know, that, that's, that's how it works. Um, but I would venture to guess that leaders of organizations this large are making significant more than what he's making uh, and probably receive all sorts of dividends. Um, right. For enough discussion, but there are recapitalizations that happen every three to five years in private equity. Where those top tier leaders get paid out first before they'll get paid That's sure. pretty interesting. How it works. Sure. So you heard all this, and you say, "You know what? I've heard all this. Really, you know, <laughs> kind of risky to start a nonprofit, isn't it?" Um, but the you know, the end result, if you're successful, is is pretty great. You know, and you're really contributing to the public good, so you, you want to do it. Okay. What's your purpose? Why are you doing this? Who do you serve? Is there any need in your area for it? Is there a group nearby that's already doing it? Because there might be somebody already doing it nearby, and it may be better for you to just support them. Right. Um, talk to people that are doing what you want to do. Anyone is free to reach out to me. If thinking about starting up a nonprofit um, or have questions or concerns, I, I would help anyone. I don't charge a fee. Um, I'm busy, but I'll always make time to answer questions for people that want to start with a nonprofit. The big question is, do you have the time and energy to do this? Can you assemble a solid, supportive volunteer board? Your board of directors and your advisory board are going to be critical to your success. These are people that volunteer their time because they believe in your mission. And um, you know they, they're serving just as you are for the greater good um, of society. And then funding. How much do you need to start? Where are you going to get it? Um, are you going to fund it yourself? Are you going to try and raise money? Are you going to look for startup grants? Which there really aren't a lot of. A lot of the grants come to organizations that have been established, usually for three or more years. Not always the case, but there is some startup money. I think Smooty has some money available for certain organizations that are getting going. But you know, it's not a lot. No, just to give you a little perspective, I'm driving around, picking up things from Facebook Marketplace. Right. And um, you know, have the last tenants of the space. I just leave at least leave all their furniture behind because they not want to deal with it. And I've had to salvage, you know, what I can. And now I'm going to go do some painting, furniture, furniture the same way. So there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears um, involved, and it can be done without without a lot of money. Um, you know, just like any other ABA group, and you could start with home-based. Yeah. And then build up your capital in the bank um, and proceed. But the good thing about a nonprofit is, if you you know, if you don't do what I did, you know, I, I did what I did, and, and I learned, and, I, you know, I don't regret it, um, because what I built is still going to exist, and it's in multiple states um, uh, um, across the country now, which is pretty amazing. Um, but if you build it right, the nonprofit's going to stick around far past you, and we'll talk about that uh, in a few slides up.
0: And just a question about the board, and you may get into this, but, like, is there, like, do you have to have a certain number of people on, on, on the board, like, uh, or does it matter?
2: Uh, it does matter. It varies state to state. Okay. Um, usually it's three. Okay. Because um, if you have two and you vote and they're split. Right. So, so generally it's it's three that they look for. But, again, everyone that's interested in this, start with your state look at what your state guidelines are because the state guidelines vary. The federal guidelines do not, your first step is with the state. Okay. Um, you know, people say, well, I don't want to build a board. And then someday they say, uh we don't need you anymore, we're gonna vote you off. Um is, <laughs> so it can that happen? Sure it can happen. But uh is it likely to happen? Probably not. Um you know there's you build out a succession plan. Choose wisely the people on your board. So ultimately, unless you do something you know really wild, they're going to vote you off. And some people will do you know put people on their board that they know are going to be a little bit more supportive of them holding that position. Oh, yeah. You can write into your bylaws certain things. So consulting a nonprofit attorney, if you can, is always uh, some good advice. Harbor Compliance is a great one for people that want to found a nonprofit. They're a good solid organization to go to. Um, a little bit expensive but starting
0: any yeah companies. so important yeah yeah it's really important to have that expertise right like starting yeah the foundation of the any company is so important uh one other question on the board i i'm going to i assume there's a regulation i but i like could a husband and wife be yeah. two of the three okay okay Absolute. all my right husband,
2: right now my husband and i okay My husband and I, and then we have a third sort of disinterested party. Okay. Um, You know, who else is going to do it? (laughs) Quite frankly, all of the money, um, that is involved, you know, for rents and salaries in the beginning is, you know, it's coming from us. Are we going to stay in that position for the rest of our lives? Uh, Doubtful. Um, but we're going to do something called the succession plan, which we have a slide up coming, um, but yes, you can do a husband and wife. Okay. So, next, what do you do? Same as any other business, you got to have a business plan. Um, Selecting that board is critically important. That initial board of generally three people, as we just discussed. Um, We just talked about organization and how important it is to speak to an attorney and an accountant. Mm -hmm. If you can get that attorney and accountant on your board, then that's even better. Yeah. Um, Because there's your built in advice, at least quarterly, because the board meetings generally have to happen quarterly. Then um, you're going to file your tax exempt status with the IRS. There is a form um, that is, you know, one of those easy forms. But if you anticipate that your revenue is going to be more than $50,000 in the first year, you can't use it. And if you're doing an ABA practice, your revenue is probably going to be more than $50,000 in the first year. Right. So that's where a firm like Harbor Compliance comes in handy um, in helping you do it the right way because the... Um, I know the exemption can be pretty tricky, but again, you don't have to do that right out of the gate. You can get started with your state, get running as a business. It's just you won't see those benefits like, you know, tax-free Amazon and free Google Suite, <laughs> um, you know, you know lower-cost Office 365, and being able to solicit for tax-exempt donations. Those things come once you get that, as they call it, ticket-to-ride 501c3 determination letter from the IRS. And then preparing for ongoing oh, compliance. Sorry. There's a lot of compliance issues associated with the nonprofit that people miss that aren't necessarily the same for and for profit. Um, in Massachusetts, we have to file every year a form PC, um, PC for public charity with the Attorney General that lets the attorney general know where all our money's going, what we've spent, so on and so forth. And we also have to hire a high cost accountant that goes over our financials um, and audits them, it's called. So then he says, okay, I've looked these over. They look legit. Nobody looks like they're swiping money for the nonprofit or doing anything shady. That gets submitted to the attorney general so that we can maintain our status and stay in compliance. Why is that so important? Because there are different groups and organizations like GuideStar that will rate your nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And most of that has to do with your compliance. So, if you're out of compliance by not filing with your local state government, if you're out of compliance by not paying 990 to the feds on time, that would show up on places like GuideStar, and people would be less likely to give you those grants and donations. And finally, the cool step would be to run out of gas, and that's the succession plan. And I learned about that the hard way because I was burnt out running that gap, about the entry market, and didn't realize that I had other options um, than to just. Um, sell to a for-profit. There are other options. You can build a suspension plan. You work with your board and decide um, who is going to step into your role um, if and when um, you're you're ready. You on leave.
0: And can you make a decision at some point and say, you know what, this no-profit stuff, I- I'm done with it. I want to make this a for-profit. Like, is is that at, a, or yeah, you can. Okay. And that's
2: I, essentially, what, that's essentially what I did, Stephen.
0: Okay, you when you sold
2: it. So, yeah so you know in my in my circumstances a little bit different and more complicated And there might be people that are listening right now um that have a nonprofit profit that are interested in what i did and, and how i joined forces with the for-profit it was a very complicated process but um very interesting and i learned you know more than you probably could Wharton about business and operations and law and how it works right so what we essentially did was an asset sale so we sold okay. all of the nonprofit's assets to the for-profit. Mm-hmm. So the nonprofit still existed until a couple months ago when we dissolved and okay. then distributed the proceeds. Um, but we sold all of our assets: the name, you know, the logo, the website, the employees, the clients, the leases, everything you would need to operate the business was sold to the for-profit, and then the shell of the nonprofit um, was left behind. Gotcha. So. Again, it varies from state to state. The AG has to approve it. Okay. Um, and then the nonprofit ultimately may or may not get dissolved. Um, ours was dissolved. Um, and, then, and then the monies were distributed once other deserving nonprofits. Because, again, public charity can't keep up.
0: Right, right.
2: What else do you need to know? We mentioned that it operates like a regular business. Um, there's a lot more oversight, as I mentioned. Um, get a financial audit. There's regulatory... Systems in, in check uh, in Massachusetts here. It's the attorney general. In most states, you'll find that you have to be in compliance with the attorney general. You will be eligible for grants, tax-exempt status, reduced fees, et cetera. There's some cool stuff that comes along with, with being a nonprofit that's very helpful. I think right now we pay for our G Suite. It's like $7 per person nice. You have access to the G Suite. Once we get that 501c3, Google is so cool. Like, you don't need to pay. You're not a you don't have to pay for that. Office 365 has some cool stuff. Amazon has some cool programs for nonprofits. So there's a lot of that stuff out there that adds up. Um, that's not just, you know, large Um Public perception of nonprofits is generally better. I thought when I was running my nonprofit, I was like, you know what, no one really cares that we're a nonprofit. They don't seem to care. But I don't think it's that people didn't care. I think it's, you know, like April mentioned, it was, you know, nonprofits are misunderstood yeah um you know i I think even when you know we sold and flipped to the for-profit i don't think that people really truly understood that none of those proceeds went to me those proceeds were all distributed to to nonprofits Mm -hmm. that serve um, the autistic population in massachusetts i think it was just a misconception There, but generally, public perceptions of nonprofits is is better. You know, if you you say you run a nonprofit or private equity, people go, okay, you run a nonprofit, that's great. Yeah, right. Are you doing it for the kids? Yeah, so there is that. Um, and then again, as we mentioned, the assets of nonprofits can be sold, but that process varies from state to state, and um, the proceeds have to either stay with the nonprofit or be redistributed to other nonprofits.
1: Clients who partner with Erica's Billing Services maximize their reimbursements while increasing overall profitability. Our team of experts is experienced in all areas of ABA billing and can help your office whether you're an existing practice or a new startup. We bill claims to the insurance company for services of ABA, speech therapy, and occupational therapy. We submit authorization for initial assessments, ongoing treatment, and routine visits. We like to help ease this burden on providers by offering benefit checks. We call to follow up on claims that are not paid, denied, or stuck in processing after 30 days to make sure these claims are worked until they are paid. We provide account receivable reports to help show providers exactly where their financials and claims stand each month. Find out more at Erica'sBillingServices.com.
2: So here's just a list, um, if people are interested, where they might be able to get more information. So there is the Council of Nonprofits. Um, The IRS has um, tons of information on their website, um, and it's really great, easy-to-understand information. Um, This ProPublica link that I give has some of the greatest information on, on nonprofits, I think, that's out there. I mentioned Harbor Compliance to everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, um, they're the go-to. If you want to get a nonprofit going and you have questions or you need help um, structuring the organization. Um, And then um, that last link is just one that I found that had some interesting tidbits on it for everyone.
0: And anyone listening will share the links in in the comments or the details of the podcast. So you can uh, take a look at those after the fact.
1: So yeah, so so Susan, we do have a few questions. Um, Let's see. So about, there are a couple here that are kind of around the same topic about linking the, can you have the nonprofit be linked to multiple LLCs and then like, the logistics of adding to an LLC business and what are some tips to set it up, but also how to manage on an ongoing basis without it being too difficult. I believe I captured all of that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, if you've got this, you know, there's a, there's a group in California, um, I haven't asked them permission, so I won't share, um, that, you know, I had some conference, they actually flew out from California to Boston and meet with me, which was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Husband and wife. Um, related to your initial question, where they run a for-profit ABA center in California, but they wanted some information on, um, you know, if it was wise and if it was possible to start up a sister nonprofit. And that's just what they've done, is so they have the sister nonprofit that exists to provide services and support that the for-profit can't. So there are so many things that families that we serve need. Yeah aren't paid for by insurance. They're reimbursed by insurance. So how do you properly support the family? So what they did was fire up that sister nonprofit. profit Lot of work, right? Because here they they got a, they have a nonprofit that has no revenue source. Their revenue source now is fundraising and donations. So they've really got a hustle to make that happen. Um, I can't, you know, I'm not comfortable giving tax and legal advice, sure. but if you've got a for-profit, and you're going to get hit with some extraordinary taxes one year because you've done very well. You've got an opportunity to donate,
0: donate.
2: to a nonprofit that you run, mm-hmm. and now you've got this cohesive kind of group that works. So, for me, I think it's it's a great answer. It can be done. Um, it's it's not difficult. It exists as a separate entity from your for-profit. Um, you know, I would I would think that people would want to be transparent and saying this is the for-profit, this is the nonprofit, this is how things work. Right. The for profit doesn't have to disclose any of their financial information ever. The sister nonprofit will, right? So you'll still have to be in compliance. It's gonna operate a little differently. But it enables the ability to have gallets and fundraisers and accept donations and you know and in some in some cases um be eligible for government contracts. Right. That you wouldn't be as a for-profit. You know, that that's one thing I think I left off the presentation and I probably shouldn't have is that nonprofits are eligible for much more government contracts than for-profits are. And that's, you know, in our industry, that can be critically important when it comes to early intervention, habilitation, and others, you know, those other programs that the state has funds for. Right. But yes, the short answer is yes, they exist. Um, it's not a big deal, but it is going to be a separate entity. Um, and that's how I would think would be the most logical way to do it is you've got your sister non-profit to provide those services and supports that the for-profit just can't
1: well thank you i think that i missed this other question that was yeah. kind of about it but i believe you covered it um she was asking about uh what are the benefits of having a nonprofit in conjunction uh with the llc but like i you know i hear that like it can be very about it donated funds. like there's so many things is there any other benefit other than what you just shared that that you could add to that
2: i mean really those are the top ones God. you know you, you, you've got a way to recycle some of your excess revenue then um give it back to the government if you're going to be taxed you know you, you know i'm not a tax attorney that someone else would have to advise on that yeah but a lot of people use nonprofits that way You'd rather give it to a non that they also run that they know what happens there so that they can you know generate those services and supports um to supplement the for-profit um you know just being able to you know fundraise yeah. um there's public perception i think is the biggest one yeah being able to say you know yeah this is a for-profit the business entity works this way because we needed access to capital and continue access to capital to grow and we run this for-profit so that we can supplement the services that we, this nonprofit, so we can supplement the services that that we provide so maybe it's recreation or support or um you know respite or general family support yeah. you know, mm-hmm. support community outings you know who knows yeah. right yeah <laughs> um all sorts of different things that families need to navigate the world and individuals need to navigate the world when they're living with autism
0: yeah like school support iep support there's so much that can be done that just funder like private funders healthcare is not going to support you with um yeah
1: yeah, I mean, we've had quite a few uh, customers who have talked to us about their ideas, and there, you know, like some people have had some really amazing ideas of like other ways support. to support these families, right? And and so it's like anywhere from like one stop shop of like, okay, you you have all of these, you know, especially probably you see a little more in early intervention, but like you have all of these therapies that you that you know you're you have to try to figure figure out how to fit mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. you you have a need of like respite care you have a need of like maybe you want kids to be able to enjoy like extracurricular activities like other kids that right. they may not be able to fit it yeah. into their schedule like yeah. art lessons or piano yeah. or i don't know and yeah. so um there's so many different options and as people have come to us talking about these different ideas and just fascinating but it does it's like well ethically how do you you know how do you balance this and then like financially, financially and yeah. so this this is really that information is super helpful mm-hmm. because i'm not planning on doing it any like no. at all but <laughs> yes. but I, I would love uh, to probably. be able to like help get the information out to those who are interested because i think it's an amazing idea speaking of amazing ideas we have another um listener here and a member i believe and she is interested in opening a non-profit for south america she has family ties there provide she wants to provide trainings to professionals for future and existing aba clinics i believe there's several um messages in the thread but i believe she's planning on opening a non in the states but being able Mm -hmm. to provide um
0: and then the biggest thing that she's looking for is like where do you go for funding and support and wow. I know that you mentioned one group. I can't remember. I think it started with an F. Um, what was the name of that? Like that provided grants. I think to nonprofits.
2: Yeah. So the Fludy Foundation. They're geographically restricted. I think they do New England.
0: Okay. And
2: Florida. I'm not sure. I it, mean, it's worth asking.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So,
2: oh, I can't remember the name of the website. But there are there are several websites. Some of them pay for play that you hit. Um, and you, you know you, you look for your for your grant sources okay. so you know, the application process for, for a grant is pretty extensive yeah you have to do it a couple of times you get the hand you got it, so it yeah it's good to have a good grant writer on your board as well by yeah the way. Wow, that would um, be the, good after i would suggest you look um for funding um, and you know a simple google search will will turn up um several, i think one of them is even called grant finder
0: yeah, Hello. Oh, we used Hello Alice. Hello Alice has a lot of uh, grants for nonprofits or minority-owned or wom- women-owned um, prof- for-profit companies. So that may be a good place to go too. Um, but yeah, there are, there are lots of places. But grant writing, you're right. Like that in itself, like there That's an art form and it can be very overwhelming. Um, so yeah getting support on that can be super helpful. I all right
1: believe I think that's it. Those are all of the questions that I see here. Okay. I don't think I've discouraged
2: everyone from from founding and starting a non nonprofit because you know, it's a really cool thing and what I'll say to people that you know are thinking about doing it is that you're never gonna come home at the end of the day. And, Think you need to do something else, like go volunteer at the local whatever. You know, it's kind of all rolled into one because um, you know your your job is public service. And the other benefit that I think is important for people to know about is if you've got student loans, after ten years of public service in the United States, those loans are forgiven. And working for a nonprofit counts as public service. So the Biden administration now has just put a whole bunch of information on that. So that is another benefit that's often looked over. So employees of nonprofits, including the founders, after ten years of service, um, your student loans are are forgiven, no matter what the size of those are, if you comply with the federal government uh, tells you you need to comply with. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty interesting and unique benefit that I think a lot of people probably aren't yeah, aware.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and the, the last question I have for you is, when you like looking back at starting it up. Uh, I, it, it sounded a lot like us, right? Like we didn't know what we were doing, right? So looking back at that, is there like, is there anything that you would tell yourself that that you know now uh, when starting this? Like, is there some, like, is there a few key things that you're like, okay, you got to do these these first, right? You got to put this person in place right now uh, when you're starting a nonprofit? The, the overall
2: thing, I think that I would go back and tell myself is, you're doing, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. I didn't think I was doing a good job. And after I, you know, after I made the decision I made, I realized I was doing a good job. And the, the people that I surrounded myself with that were also ded- dedicating themselves to of the nonprofit, they were doing a really good job. And we were helping a lot of people. And we were running a tight ship. And it took us a lot of work and time to get there. But we were doing a good job. Um, in terms of you know what I would have done differently I would have called an accountant sooner I would have called an attorney sooner and I would have asked for some advice on how to build out a board and an advisory board sooner these are these are critically important pieces um, I think to any business yeah but I'm sort of um, less now but more so than a ready firing person uh, driven by passion so I just jumped all in and just started puffling without a, a
0: real
1: big plan. Yeah. I mean that sometimes that's just what you have you to do to get do. started. I mean yeah. that's that's what created created three Pi Squared yeah. is like as as we figured out how to open my for profit yeah. uh, company. But you know, we learned a lot that we didn't so even know mistakes. that we didn't know, yeah, right? So many and, mistakes and so, were made. <laughs> so so yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and and but if you would wait until you know it all, you yeah, never get you would started. never
0: get started. So yeah, yeah. so
1: definitely. But yeah. but okay, well that's. I mean, we've already we have a couple of um comments here that this has been extremely helpful, and, yeah, so and several so people thanking thanking you for for this information. So we do appreciate that. Is there any final words that you want to leave us with today? <laughs> You
2: know, if people have questions, um, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy I'm happy to speak with anybody um, that, is, that is looking for information on, on founding a nonprofit or weighing whether or not it's right for them. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll make time. I don't have tons of time, but I'll always make time. Email um, and text are generally the best for me. It's hard to catch me by phone. Because, you know, sometimes I'll be doing one thing and I'll be texting or emailing while I'm doing that. So, <laughs> uh, please, if anybody has any further questions, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. My name is, I think, pretty unique. Great. Well, thank you thanks, again thanks so,
0: so much, much. Susan, yeah, for joining us. I really appreciate us your time
2: and
1: today. giving yes, this for
2: absolutely. us. absolutely. I'm All blessed right. to be in this position to be able to, to share this and hopefully somebody gets some nugget information that makes it a little bit easier. For them. I
0: guarantee they will. Yeah, it's been super helpful. Really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you. Alright, well thanks everybody. We'll see you next time. Yes.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. Hopefully it was helpful. If you would like to gain access to this entire video and actually our entire library of videos, please join our ABA Business Leaders membership. You can find that at www.3pysquare.com